Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. Uh, We're excited to continue our podcast and our series on Ephesians. Uh, This week, Nick preached, and so Nick is with me on the podcast. I was finally around. Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn again. Glad to be back. That's fun when we get to take turns. Um, yes, it is. Very fun for me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and even on the podcast, like, it just it switches it up, and yeah. uh, Brian thinks differently than we do. Right. And so uh, it's great being encouraged by him with his message and with the podcast. But um, this week, we talked about the good life. Yes. And so to begin our podcast, we like to start off with sometimes random questions, sometimes questions that begin to kind of get us thinking about the the sermon. And so both of these questions I got from your sermon uh, with the examples that you use. And one of the the examples that you used in your your sermon was you talked about pests. Yes. It's things that annoy us and uh, thought about roaches, mosquitoes, things like that. So my question to start off is, if you had, what is what is the pest that, that annoys you the most? Mm-hmm. Like if you had it in your house, mm-hmm. you'd be like, all right, I'm just going to sell the house. Don't want to deal with it. Right. Like if it was just, if it in, infiltrated your whole life. Sure. Which pest would annoy you the most? Well, you know, that whole illustration came from this survey that I read about the, the different kind of bugs and, and pests that people would be willing to put up with rather than spend the money, deal, deal with it, have a professional get out, get rid of it, rid of it. And of course, we were making the point about, you know, sin itself and what will we put up with in our lives. So that's where that came from. Yeah. For those who maybe haven't heard the message yet. <laughs> we're just talking about pests. Yeah, we're just pests. <laughs> this is a pest control podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you could consider a snake a pest, okay, I could. that would be the one that if, you know, I, I just imagine like, what would happen if I came downstairs in my basement and found my basement like uh, in the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I think it is, whichever one it is where they fall into the snakes. That might not be Temple of Doom. I can't remember which one. But there is a scene. If you've uh, you've seen these movies, and I, well, I know oh, what don't you're you dare! About. Don't you say I, it! I don't. Oh, I have never gosh. seen an Indiana Jones oh, movie. Oh my gosh! All right, folks, we're gonna have to stop the podcast. <laughs> we're gonna have to go watch all the Indiana Jones movies, and then we'll be back. Okay, we're back. No, not really, but he really is going to have to do that. Anyway, you've seen the probably seen the clip or seen the scene yeah. where Indy's on the floor of this temple, and you know there's all these snakes. I could just imagine going down, and my first reaction would be, like, "Well, I'm going to have to burn the house down, right?" I mean, that's it. It's done. Can't have anything to do with it. So yeah, for me, you know that and mice. But but how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I've seen videos of like the foundation of houses like cracking, yes. and they're just like. A colony of snakes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be kind of messed up. Um, man, I, I grew up surrounded by cane fields. And so every year, every year, and people might think this is gross. You can judge me. It is what it is. But every time they cut the cane, yeah. there would be just mice running. Oh, like man. you would watch them running in the field behind our house. And so mice don't bother me. Snakes, I mean, not ideal. But, and I think I'm going to stretch this, but okay. I think it's okay because yeah. it's my question and our podcast. So we can do, do whatever we want. Yeah. yeah. Birds. Huh. All right. Specifically pigeons. If, wow. if I had a family of pigeons <laughs> living inside of my house, uh-huh. I'd just move out. 
Yeah. Just sell it. And, right. and under market value, like, let's just get it, get out of here. Yes. I, I cannot, I do not like birds. I huh. feel like they're, you, you'd never know what they're going to do, where they're going to fly, where they're going to land. They're huh. just unpredictable. Like with snakes, I, look, if I don't go close to a snake, it's probably not going to come close to sure. me. Birds, I feel like, have a different mindset. Yeah. You know, this is their their area. We had some in a column of our old house. And I thought the babies were cute, but they were just, they were a nuisance. Yeah, um, kind of messy. And, well, it's funny because messy. we literally have a colony of bats living in our house. And I don't know how I didn't think about this for this illustration. It never came to me until just now. But we have a little area on the vents, on the e-vents on both huh. sides of our house. And it's blocked off from them being able to get into the 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 space of our attic, yeah. but they can get into that gap between the netting that protects the back side of that vent and the edge of the interior wall of the house. Huh. So while they can't come into that main space, they can get into that little gap and they're living in there and have been for years. And there's probably two foot of guano in that little gap, right? Remember, this is like a two by two yeah. gap. So they filled it up probably six inches to eight inches high of guano. The problem is a bat person wants, you know, the, this is literally the example I gave. They yeah. want a thousand plus dollars. So what if I decided I'm just going to live with them? Because they can't the get in. They can't get yeah. into the house, but they can get into that little gap. And I've just decided, well, we're just going to live with it. Man, you I know? couldn't imagine if those bats got in your house and like yeah, butters and oh, whatever your bat. bug's name is, like yes. how they would react. Yes, they would not like that. Oh man, that, yeah. Eventually, so I'm gonna get up there. But the problem with bats is they are a protected species, huh. and we're glad to have them because you know they eat they the bugs, away, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's a tough thing. I tried to put a, a bat house on the outside of the house. Hoping they'd relocate. They're not going to move out. They got they prime real yeah, estate. Yeah, they're right? totally good. It's warmer in there and all that stuff. So anyway, this is yeah. not a this is not a pest podcast. We promise. I know nothing about bats. So, yeah, oh, uh, you know that's, it's that's crazy. It's not ideal, but I yeah. haven't dealt with it yet. So that's literally a perfect example of what I was talking about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Second question. Um, you, really, the whole premise. Two of your points talked about out with the old, in with the new. Right. And so I, I was trying to think to myself. What is something that I had that I really enjoyed that was old, but then I got the new version of it and mm -hmm. I was super pumped. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that was a, a new car. You know, my first car was a hand-me-down from my mom mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved it. It was a Ford Explorer. It had a lot of room, but then I got the car I really wanted. I got mm -hmm. a 2008 um, Mitsubishi Lancer yeah. and I thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. I mean, it had the Bluetooth. Run, huh? um, yeah, man, I put this cool spoiler on the back. I had the uh, the neon lights underneath. Like oh I was, goodness. I went all out. Uh, Fast wow. and the Furious messed me up. So, um, but I, I really enjoyed that. That got me excited. And I never, I never thought about the Ford Explorer again after that. That was dead to you then. You upgraded. Yeah, for me it would be. I, I was, you know, I lived back in the days of the flip phone, and not only did I have a flip phone. But, you know, I had the flip phone far enough generationally in where you could start to get on the Internet on yeah. your flip phone. Yeah. And, of course, all your texting and anything you did, you had to do with a keyboard where each letter represents multiple. You, yeah, you the T9 see. texting. Or right. Yeah. So, you know, you had to do all that. And you could get on the Internet, but it was like basically a dial-up connection through <laughs> yeah. your cell phone. And so you could get on and sort of read an email. And so that moment of going from that to, I think I went, I either went to an iPhone or I went to something else that had a, 
you know, a QWERTY keyboard, like, yeah, a, like standard, a Blackberry or something. Right. Like it's something standard and the internet works, you know, it still wasn't like fast or anything, but it was way better than what it had been before. Yeah. That was such an upgrade, you know, kind of a change your life moment that, uh, yeah, that was big. Man, I didn't even think about that. That's a that's a good one because that that's such a big oh, it's a huge leap, you know. Yeah. From and you know, there's so few. It seems like all technological advances now are they're they're mild steps. They're not giant leaps. Yeah. That that was a giant leap. Oh, for te- sure. Technology I mean, wise, so. that's that's like DSL and you know high speed internet. Yeah, it's for sure. Leap, but, uh, well, I lived in the day and age of literal dial up internet, you know, and you'd wait and. Nobody else could be on the phone line, and oh man, it was. Uh, Mom kept was kick, kicking me off of my funny. video games online. And yes, like funny. gotta make a phone call to the neighbor. Uh, okay. huh? um, I love you, Mom. I know you listen. So. <laughs> uh, Ephesians four is where we uh, were for this sermon, uh, specifically verses thirteen through thirty-two, and uh, we titled this, or you titled this, "The Good Life." Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of give us uh, an overview of what the message was about. Yeah, so this is really almost like a series inside of a series. We're we're finishing up Ephesians in this two part series called the Good Life. Uh, we've we've gone through most of the book. This coming week, we'll kind of put a bow on it on the on the way we totally titled the sermon series itself. You know, in the, being um, imitators of God. Yeah. But this week really leaned in more of what does Paul say makes the life of a Christian good. What is it that makes the Christian life and, you know, versus the life of a non-believer and what kind of marks that life and what should we and them specifically, the church at Ephesus, what should they have been pursuing? So, yeah, that's really what the messages messages are about. And the the scripture we started off with, verses 17 through 19, Paul is talking about um, the old self Mm -hmm. where we once were. And he talks about this their thinking and you titled your first point the the futile life yeah and in verse 18 paul says um speaking of people who weren't believers he said they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts having lost all sensitivity they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more mm-hmm. This, I don't know, for me, this really was like the focal point for me because something clicked and we we made a reel about it is this idea that it's a never ending loop. Um, when we are chasing after our the desires of the flesh, they begin to harden our heart. Mm-hmm. But then we get to a point where we want more. And so we begin to dive even deeper. And I, and I was trying to think of an example for this, and I came to the conclusion of, of when we hear these stories of people that that have either been caught in their sin or they they repent of a, a certain sin. We're like, man, how did they how did they get there? Like, like how do you get to adultery? How do you get to murder? How do you get to these sins where we are like, man, I would never see X, Y, and Z do that. Mm-hmm. And Paul lines it out right here. It's a hardening of their hearts. It's a continual lust for more, right? Yeah, it's a different way of life. It's a, it's literally a different way of living, because this way of living outside of a relationship with Christ is futile. It has no ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. It's you know, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, 
but because for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Right. It's it's that whole mentality of you, you better live for today. But the believer is not living for today alone. Right. And I, I stress the alone part of that. We're not living for today alone. We are living for today and eternity. Hmm. Crucial difference. I think it was at this point you made, you reminded us that it's a, it's a constant battle to not fall into this type of lifestyle. Sure. Even as a Christian, and we'll talk about, you know, being made new, mm-hmm. we have a battle against the flesh. Right. I mean, there is still sin in our life and we have to be cognizant of, Hey, is this hardening our hearts? Because mm-hmm. if we're continually in a specific kind of sin, that's going to, it's going to lead to the hardening of our hearts to where we don't even, we justify doing whatever sin that is. Sure. The second point you made is uh, out with the old, and it came from verses 20 through uh, 24, and it's about putting on this new self and being created um, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, In verse 22, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And so Paul is saying there is a formal way to live. There's there's two ways to live. You can live in the old self or you can live in this new self. Mm -hmm. Um, We as Christians, and you said this, we know what we need to do. We need to get out of the old life. And And I thought about it like this. Um, when we first become Christians, we don't know everything. Right. Even when you're a Christian for 20 years, you still don't know everything that Scripture has. We study and we want to look more like God, but there's still parts of our lives that maybe we haven't fully given to God, um, but we know we need to. Sure. Paul has said, hey, we need to get out of that kind of thinking. We need Our attitude and our minds need to be renewed is the the word that he uses yes we have to we have to do the the cleanup and the process and the work on ourselves um knowing that something needs to change i mean i think this is where that whole section about the the pests comes in so and he talks about delaying our personal gratification Uh, sometimes we believe that the old self is better because we are um you know we get this gratification from living that way, but ultimately that life leads to nothing. Yeah. It's the futile it's life. It's yeah. death. And so we're like, man, but it makes me, makes me feel good. You know, the new way, the new life is hard. Yeah. Well, the, the old way, you know, we talked about the wide, uh, the wide path and the the narrow path that Jesus talks about in, in Matthew's gospel, you know, it basically says that the, the, easy is that that wide path right because you know that many will find it but you know the narrow path is is more challenging and few will find it and that wide path is the one that you know it's the path of least resistance it's the one that the most people find and it's the one that's kind of the easiest to go down and so it becomes easy for us to find ourselves just living in and living for comfort and that's a constant battle yeah for all of us And, and then your third point you talk about in with the new And uh, in verse 27, I think that was uh, the underlying verse for me. It said, do not give the devil a foothold. Right. So how do we live this new life? It's not that we're not going to be 
tempted by the devil. But when we don't give him a foothold, uh, when when we do what Paul tells us to flee temptation or James to flee temptation, mm-hmm. we're not giving Satan a foothold. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was trying to think like what is what does a foothold look like in um, in our lives? And one of the things one of the things that Paul talks about in this section is anger. And so how do we not give the devil a foothold in being angry? Well, we're cognizant that anger is a sin. Uh, We're cognizant in the situations that may make us angry. And we can't avoid all those things. But I think being aware that, hey, I struggle with this, then I won't put myself in those situations. Or if I see myself in that situation, I have a plan to get out. Right. I think that's a, a practical way of, of not giving the devil a foothold mm-hmm. uh, because when we're ignorant to what situations make us angry, then the devil's going to continuously put us in those situations or tempt us in those situations to be, to be angry. Well, it's hard for me not to equate it then to a, a climbing analogy, right? You mm-hmm. know, if you've ever climbed a rock wall, uh, if you've ever tried to climb like in real life with ropes and all that other kind of stuff, The thing about climbing is, you know, you can make it some amount of the way. You can gain some ground by using your hands and pulling yourself up. But the truth is, for any amount of climbing and for any real purchase on the wall, you have to have a foothold. Because you lock your feet in and you press up with your legs, which are just, you know, significantly stronger than your fingers and your arms and your forearms, right? So we will constantly, there's no avoiding the fact that we will give the devil finger holds, yeah. right? He Sin and temptation will always be there. Absolutely. The thing we can't allow to happen is giving him that easy purchase of a foothold yeah. where he can fully press up into our life, right? And just basically gain too much influence, too much power, too much ground over our faith, our life, our walk. I think that's the way I would kind of equate it, right? Yeah. You know, it's this... While I'm sure that's not necessarily what Paul meant specifically to the climbing reference, I think it makes sense in our modern context, right? Yeah, I mean, I could see Paul as, as a rock climber. I mean, <laughs> Why not? I mean, there were rocks in you know in the yeah. Middle East, uh, in the near Middle East in that time period. So yeah, he, he seems like an outdoorsy type of guy, you know, uh, shipwrecked I mean, and no and doubt. I'm sure he so, figure it out. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good analogy. Because if we don't give him that foothold, then he really has nothing. I mean, right? there's only so much he can do with the fingertip grip. That's right. Eventually, he's going to tire out. That's right. Move on to another area of our life. 100%. I mean, it's, it's as easy as that. And um, I think building those hedges around the areas of life which we're you know, most tempted by, by sin, I think helps us protect from those, those footholds. You, uh, you added... And I, I don't remember if you talked about this in your sermon, mm-hmm. um, but verse 29 talks about, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for bu- building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. This, this verse for me, because we're talking about living the good life, allowed me to get outside of myself and say, hey, it's part of my job as a brother in Christ is to help other people live a life in Christ. Mm -hmm. So how can I do that to help others? Well, Paul gives us a really easy conclusion to it. He's like, hey, build people up. 
Sure. You know, building people up will allow things like the devil not to have a foothold. I mean, I just think about um, something that we've done uh, with our elders is soul care. Like Mm -hmm. that and encouraging one another helps me see the areas of my life where Satan might be an attack. Yeah. might be trying to gain a foothold and through their encouragement, through their prayers, through them kind of help guiding me in those situations, that's beneficial for for the Christian. So accountability is is a good thing. Sure. 100%. Maybe we've covered it all. I think so, man. I'm trying to look at my notes. I'm like, man, I thought there was something after that. I'm reading uh, 30 through 32. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I but it's, think... it's a pretty straightforward well, message. Course. Yeah, I mean, it is. You, you have two options. You can continue in this way of living your life um, as somebody who's separate from God. Yeah, the futile life. Yeah. Right? Or mm-hmm. you can come to God. Will it be easy? Mm-hmm. No. But you really see true life. Like, when I look back on before I became a Christian, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to go back to that. Right. I wouldn't even want to backslide in in the things that I've learned of what it means to be a Christian mm-hmm. and, and the way that God has called us to live. I wouldn't even want to backslide in that. Sure. Like I, I would never want to go back to like not studying scripture with my family yeah. or not doing worship with my family. Like those things have brought life to not only me, but my kids and my wife. God knows what we need, and he's encouraged us to live this way. Is it always easy? No. no. I mean, when we turn on the TV, we do this um, these worship videos for the girls with all these motions. When I use the remote to turn on the TV, the first four buttons are Netflix, Disney, Hulu, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, it's some other channel. It'd be easy to suppress those buttons mm-hmm. and not do family worship, but we've seen life come from that. Um, I would encourage people to, to encourage others and myself to get out of a feudal life. I mean, that's what Jesus is the good life. Yeah. Choose the good life. Like that, this is the good life. And trying to explain that to people sometimes when we're, we're not followers of God, when we have these gospel conversations, it takes a while to show people, Hey, this is really the good life. Like, what you're doing, it may feel like it's the good life, but it's not actually the good life. Right. And so that's yeah. it. That's what's at the heart of it, man. We got we got a choice to make about how we want to live and do we want to pursue the world's version of the good life or do we want to pursue what God tells us is actually good? And uh, he's laid that out for us in his words. So absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, thought came to mind of the Israelites when they're given um, the Ten Commandments. It's for their best. Yeah. Like it was for them to be able to have this relationship with God, this covenant relationship. And he's given us the way to live so that we could remain in him, remain yeah. in a good life. So let's do it. Well, what you got going on, man? You got anything you're excited for over the next couple of days, weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always excited about my Wednesday night class. We're getting uh, kind of close towards the end of walking through the book of Romans. And uh, it's been a lot of fun doing that. You know, we just came off of Fall Fest, which was awesome. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm just kind of on the other side of all of that, but still looking forward to our Wednesday night and looking forward to, oh, I tell you what I'm pumped about this week is uh, is worship night. 
yeah. is this Sunday night. I was just finishing up some things that were my part of the responsibility for that night. So uh, going to be awesome. Looking forward to it this Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So if you can be here, be here. It'll be a, a blended worship kind of night and just a great worshipful experience. So, yeah, how about you? Yeah, just being on the other side of uh, some of these events that take a lot of preparation mm -hmm. and, um, and reaching out to people is always exciting. But then we get a little rest before, you know, Christmas comes up and we have to start planning on that. So I'm excited for rest and, yeah. and a shameless plug. We'll be talking about rest in my Wednesday night class. Nice. Uh, we're, we're switching. We just finished the book of James, uh, five chapters in James. And we're moving on to uh, what, what I'm calling the Christian walk. Mm. And so we're going to go through some, some disciplines um, that God has given us to stay connected to him. Mm -hmm. And rest is one of those. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about rest, and I'm also excited to rest. Mm. Uh, we've been sick at my house, and so, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm ready to be over that and be able to rest. Um, but uh, I'm excited for worship night as well. That's our next event that's coming up. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then we get planning for Christmas. So it'll be my first Christmas here in it's Georgia. Great. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped. It's going to be a great Christmas. Yep. All right, we thank you guys for listening uh, to this week's podcast, and we'll see you next week. See you then.